Welcome back to the Fight Hard Love Much podcast. Wow, it has been an incredible week. I have been overwhelmed with the amount of support and love and messages and thoughts um, out there. I didn't quite know what to expect from all of this, and I was terrified and a little worried, but um, I have really appreciated all the little texts and comments and those who have reached out in support. It's made me realize that um, there's many people out there who are looking for answers or just a little bit of support and knowing that they are not alone. So hopefully we can continue to learn and grow together. I am definitely, definitely not perfect at all. In fact, this week has been quite a difficult one with my youngest. Um, and so I want you to know that that I'm not saying this from being a perfect parent. I am still learning every single day on how to be a good parent and how to connect with my child and with my children. Um, But I'm hoping that we can continue to to learn together. Two things is we are now on Spotify and also iHeartRadio. So you can go there and listen to the podcast there if that's easier or better for you. Um, Also, I'm trying to get it to show up on the description, but if you have any suggestions or comments or thoughts, um, the email is fighthardlovemuch at gmail.com. And I would love to hear any suggestions or thoughts there. You're welcome to leave. And, And if you feel so inclined to leave a review or a rating, that would be great too. Like I said, I am not in this for the money or to become some famous person. I just really, especially after this week, realize how many people there are out there who mental illness is part of their life, whether they're, they've struggled with it or are trying to help somebody who is struggling with it. So for today's podcast, it's something that I have... Um, then this is my number one thing that I tell any parent or person who calls me who might be trying to help somebody. And um, it's the first thing I say. And it might not seem like it's a big thing, but to me it's ended up being one of the biggest keys that I wish I would have known how to do it different when Sam was around. Um, It is to just sit and to sit with them. And to be with them. And we hear this all the time. You know, just, oh, just be there. Just listen to them. Get on their level. Mourn with them. Suffer with them. Um, We we hear it all the time. It's all around. And it's all great concepts. My problem was, is I didn't understand what all that meant. And I'm still, to this day, learning some of that. But I didn't really get that whole sitting and just being there. So let me tell you how this kind of came about that I um, really learned what that means. About a month before Sam passed away, I had been working. And I got home about 2 o'clock and Sam was just barely getting out of bed and kind of moseying around the house, finding some food and things. 
I will say I had been texting him through the day while I was at work, and I was waiting for him to answer, and he wasn't answering, which the the whole day I just kept thinking, please answer, Sam, please answer, Sam, um, and he didn't. And so I did. I came home, and I I was frustrated, number one, that he hadn't answered me, and I had been on just pins and needles all day just thinking and with that in the back of my mind, is he okay? Came home that he had been asleep all day. And so I, I I knew I needed some time. And so I went in my room and took a little break, watched a little TV just to calm down because I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to say anything out of anger or that upsets me or him. And so I did. I stayed in my room. I calmed down. And then I went out and said, Sam, we need to talk. And I sat him on the couch and I said, Sam, this is not real life. You cannot live like this. Now, I will say I said it in a very nice tone. I wasn't angry. I just pointed out all these things that that this was not real life, that sleeping in all day, staying up at night, um, kind of doing what he wanted to do almost. Let me just say, though, that Sam, he did stay in his room a lot and he did sleep a lot. But he also was working with Down syndrome kids at the time in the afternoon and he was playing rugby. And so and he still went to some of the high school basketball games during this time. So it wasn't like he was totally locked away in his room, but he wasn't doing school. So I sat him down and nicely just said, we can't continue this, Sam. How are you ever going to graduate? How are you ever going to go on a church mission? How are you ever going to get married? You won't be able, your wife won't be able to handle this. And I went through these life-changing things and said, how are you ever going to function? So you may be laughing right now, especially if you're a counselor or a therapist. I'm sure you're you're laughing at how I responded to Sam. And in my mind, I was thinking, I'm sitting, I'm talking to him in a nice voice, Um, I'm just being the parent. Like I said, I I was already really frustrated from the day. But in my mind, I was pointing out to Sam how we needed to, to make better choices or to do something else. So you can imagine Sam sat there and he just nodded. The problem was, is I didn't listen to Sam. I didn't really probably give Sam a chance to talk um, and share how he is feeling. And I've looked back on that day, and I really hate that conversation. I hate it because those were all things Sam already knew. In fact, a lot of Sam's anxieties were the things that I managed to point out and put right back in his face. He was so worried about not graduating high school, but at that time we were so far behind, I don't know how he would have caught up to graduate with his friends. I pointed out not being able to serve a church mission like his brothers, and that was a huge um, stress for Sam, not being able to do that if he wasn't well enough. I mean, I even threw in the marriage thing, and that his wife wouldn't handle this. I mean, I threw everything at Sam that I'm sure he had already thought about a million times and that he was already totally stressed and worried about. So here's the thing. Sam didn't need me to remind him of all those things. 
like I said, I would, I hate that conversation. I hate thinking about that conversation because what I wish I would have done and wish I really would have known is what if I had just come home and asked Sam, Sam, it looks like it's been a hard day. I'm here. And just sit with Sam or give him a hug, which he might have laughed at because I'm not the most hugging person. My kids sometimes joke with me that I'm the, the least affectionate person ever. Um, in a loving way, of course, they say that. That's just not my love language. And so, but what would have Sam have done if I had come home and just sat with him? Because he had had a hard day. He, he emotionally, even if he had, had been sleeping most of the day, it was a difficult day for him. But instead, I came home thinking in my brain, okay, you're nice, you're calm, you can go talk to him. But I didn't. I, I talked and he listened. And the more he listened, the more worried he got about life. And so, so that's the first thing I say to anybody who calls me who might feel like they're in almost a crisis mode. Is I'll just say, go and sit with them. Go and just be with them. Don't bring up school. Don't bring up all those things that are out there. Just sit. Sit and listen if they'll talk. But if they won't talk, just be there. And that was one thing that I had heard all the time. And yes, we talk about it. But what does that really mean? And so that's the first thing that I want to talk about is just to sit and be with them. Let them know that you're there for them. That, that you're not there to correct everything, especially at that moment when things might be super difficult, but that you're there and that you love them. And like I said last week, I didn't understand the physical pain of the depression. Um, maybe some of you out there have had that and understand that, but that was not at the time something I understood, that there was a, an actual physical pain. But I wish I would have had a glimpse into that to say, Sam, I'm sorry. I don't get it. I really don't. I don't under, I don't know what you're going through. Um, I think just to validate that I don't know what he's going through and that it must be pretty hard and that it must be pretty lonely to think he has to go through it by himself. So what if I had said that and given him a hug and then just sat with him? I, I hope that Sam would have opened up and brought in some of his feelings that he had had. I don't know for sure if he would have, but I would hope that I would have opened that door for him to share a little bit more. So like I said, I am still learning every day. And this thought always comes back in my mind of sit and listen and just be quiet and just be there. But that might not be the same for each child. Each child comes different. I used to think I was a great listener as a mom. Growing up, my kids knew that they were welcome to come to the counter and sit at the counter. And some of them could talk to me forever, sitting at the counter while I cooked dinner or baked cookies or whatever. Um, so I felt like I was a good listener. And for that, I was. But then we also have Spencer, who struggles every day. And he's never been able to share his feelings 
and um, even before Sam, feelings were always something. He would, he's either angry or not, but that's, that's about all we show. So after I realized the importance of just sitting and being there and letting him know that we're there without any judgment, I tried to think, how can I help this with Spencer? How can I do this with Spence? He just doesn't let a lot of emotion in. And so after I really started focusing on this sit and just be there part, he came. I got a call from his teacher, and she had said he had had a really bad day and had got into trouble quite a bit. And so I knew usually when he gets into trouble, it escalates at home, and he takes out his frustration and sadness and anger at home. So I knew. I thought, oh, great. It's going to be a long afternoon long evening of dealing with his anger emotion. And so I decided to try this, but because Spence is different, um, I took it that he did come home and I did give him that hug. And he was a little surprised because he doesn't usually like hugs either. And he doesn't like the physical contact. And so I gave him the hug and said, come on in. And he knew, I knew, because he came in with this smirk on his face, like, oh, shoot, how much in trouble am I going to be? But instead of coming down on him or talking to him about it at the time, I sat down with him on the couch and I ended up getting him a little snack, watching a show with him for a little bit. And we both kind of calmed down. And after that, we were able to talk. And it was a much better outcome than other days that he had gotten got in trouble and to where I'm like, Spence, what did you do today? And those days never ended well, but this day was a little bit better. And so I just sat with him for a while. And after we both kind of calmed down and he realized that I wasn't going to get upset with him too fast, we talked about it. And the day ended up not being um, super difficult. He just needed me to sit by him even if he was doing something to know that I still loved him, even though he knew I knew he was in trouble. But because he's different, I have to approach his his needs different. Like I said, he doesn't like very much physical touch. And so a lot of times when he's angry or upset or sad, I just have to sit close to him and he won't want me near him. He wants me near him, but not touching him. But eventually, as he feels more safe and comfortable, you can see him kind of relax and he kind of scoots his body. And I know then I can make some little effort to to touch his arm or even his foot. And that is enough to show him that I'm right there by him and that I'm sitting with him. So everybody is a little bit different. So my husband and I, we've been in counseling for a while And one of the biggest things that we've been practicing is sitting with each other and emotions. And Brian tries really hard, and I am very stubborn. And so this is a really difficult thing for me to do for my own emotions, is to accept Brian being there for me. And so a lot of times I keep it quiet, and I build it up until I just can't take it anymore, or he can't take it anymore, I should say. And he will just, he'll be there. And he's always there ready for me to talk, if I'm ready to talk. And there are nights that I'll just say, I just need you to not say anything and just hold me. 
and just be here for me. And those nights are fine. But then there's other times that I, he knows that I have all these emotions built up. And in my mind, I think, you don't want to hear him again. You've heard them over and over again. They're the same emotions. They're the same sadness or grief or frustration or loneliness. They're the same thing. So why keep saying them? But to him, it's letting him in and letting him know, even if it is the same thing, letting him know that he's part of my life. A good counselor is really good at this. And I know a lot of times I've gone into our counseling session and I'm like, I don't know what to say. I don't have anything to say. I don't really care to be here today. And my counselor therapist will just kind of smile and say, okay, well, I'll just be sitting here and I'll just hold the space for you. And I don't know, somehow magically he manages to get me to open up. And I think that that's how it is when we allow people to know that, hey, You can just sit there and not say anything, or you can open up. But either way, I'm just going to be here for you. And then when we do open up, it's such a a relief. And I I think that Sam probably was looking for that at some point, to be able to say, Mom, I am super worried about graduating. What am I going to do if I don't graduate with my friends? What if I can't go on a mission? What if my wife doesn't want to put up with this? What There were all these what ifs that he was nervous about and anxious about. And if he had just been able to safely say those things, I think that that would have been a huge help. I know I always feel better when I finally do unload everything, even though it might be the same emotions I had two months ago or a week ago. It still helps to be able to know that somebody's just going to sit there and listen to me vent a little bit. Um, And so that's what I encourage you to do. I encourage you to really try to take that step. Um, Like I said, this week has been a rough one with our our spent. And I keep, I've had a hard time even putting this podcast together, even though I feel so strongly about that message of just sitting I thought, I am totally failing in this this week of sitting with Spence and sitting and just letting him know that I am there through his frustrations and his difficulties. Because I know when I am calmer and more with him and just there for him, then he's able to handle his emotions better. And so it is a learning curve for me, this this constantly remembering to just be there to not have to say anything there's there's so many times that I just see Spence turned off I mean that that light switch is gone and he just is like mom's ranting and raving again I'm just gonna tune her out but this morning when he woke up I made a conscious effort to go in his room to get him up and I just sat on his bed and rubbed his back. And we had had a really rough day yesterday. And he just laid there for a little bit. He didn't say anything. Finally, he kind of comes over and puts his head on my lap and just let me rub his back. And that was a, a little, little tiny glimpse into calming his emotions down a little bit. 
Um, so I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to really make an effort and strive. And maybe you're already perfect at this. Maybe you don't need this episode at all. And you guys all know this much better than I do. Um, I just know how important it really is. I remember one mom's call that she called and she was terrified of where her son was. And and she started rattling off. He won't go to school. And I just said, stop. Just stop. He already knows he's not at school. I said, just go in and sit with him and let him know that you're there. And she told me later what a difference that had made. And and I'm not saying that I am know-it-all, but she followed that for that morning. And she said, what a difference it made to just be there and to try and let go of all the worldly things going on, but to be there for her son. So I encourage you to do that. So I just want to leave you with a last quote. Just being there for someone can sometimes bring hope when all seems hopeless. So just remember to sit, listen, validate, let them know that you're there for them, that you love them no matter what. The time for talking will come later. There will be plenty of time for that, but just to sit. Until next time, remember to fight hard and love much.